Hey loves, and welcome to the House Your Heart podcast. My name is Jess and I'm so excited to have you share this space with me while we chat all things connection, vulnerability and self-development. I trust that you can use this episode as a reminder to check in with your heart and also as encouragement to create deeper connections with the people around you. And with that guys, let's head into today's episode. I hope you enjoy. Hello guys, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed that new little intro that I have there. I created that this week. I thought it was a bit of fun and, you know, added a little bit of a more professional look to this podcast, even though we're pretty casual over here. Uh, Welcome back. If you haven't been here before, my name is Jess, as you heard in the intro. Super excited to have you here today. And today's topic is pretty close to my heart. It is a topic that I have been feeling called to talk on um, over the past few weeks, but I've been trying to push it back and back and back um, just because it is it's pretty daunting actually to talk about. Um, today, I'm going to share with you, I guess, my story um, so you guys get to know me a little bit better um, and that we, you know, we can start entering into that space of vulnerability a little bit more, start to feel a little bit more connected. I always love hearing the my story kind of episodes from other podcasts other podcasters um it just makes me feel so connected to them and honestly like it's so often that we resonate with a lot of people's stories whether that's to do with their childhood or just even the emotions that they felt growing up you know we're all humans so we all go through phases of life and often they're um they resonate with a lot of us so i'm hoping that you take from today's episode maybe a little bit of comfort I'm hoping that someone can resonate with my story and feel heard and seen Um, and if you do not resonate with any of these stories um, that I'm going to share today that you know you just hear it with an open heart and an open mind and that you are able to be vulnerable and open up with other people in your life about your own story so that you can feel seen and heard and you know start working on that connection and diving deep into how's your heart um yeah I always tell this to my friends whenever they're scared about something because it's something that I live by um especially for my girlfriends who are struggling with body image I always say if even if you're so scared to go out in that outfit um because of the messaging that is going on inside of your head you going out there and acting confident even if you don't feel it gives other girls who maybe look like you or feel like you to do the same it gives them permission to do the same and you know giving um each other permission to show up just how they are is um one of the most beautiful gifts that we can give each other as humans to be able to express yourself as fully and as openly as you so desire and that is truest to your heart is oh it's one of the best feelings and if we can encourage that between each other that I guess that's the main goal that I have for this podcast so I thought I'd go first and that I'd share my story I have written a couple notes that I want to kind of 
touch on. I feel like, like everyone, it's such a hard thing to condense into such a short amount of time and um, to be able to share kind of the things that are worth sharing and that could be meaningful to someone else, but also just reveal a little bit of vulnerability for myself as well. So I thought we'd start off with a little bit of childhood kind of background context, I guess. Um, My childhood felt pretty cool, actually. We used to live on a farm um, in Australia with um, horses and we used to have cows and sheep and a whole bunch of dogs, a whole bunch of random snakes that would run around too. They are my biggest fear for sure. Um, we lost two of our dogs to snakes on the same day, which was actually so awful. Um, losing a pet is so, so sad. And especially as a kid, geez, like they're your best friends. Um, so yeah, we used to live on a farm. Um, I had my mum and my dad were together and I have one younger brother. So we were just living on our farm. We were pretty engaged with the mum's side of the family, but didn't really see too much of dad's side just because they live out of the state. So that's kind of my background on childhood. I was obsessed with horses. I had really good best friends, Josie and Hannah, who I've mentioned also on this podcast. They are still some of my best friends. I'm actually I'm actually seeing them on Friday, which I'm so stoked about. They have been my friends since what we were like five. And you know what? I think we'll still be in the nursing home doing random stuff all the time. Hannah will be talking politics as she always does. And we, Josie and I will be pretending to know essentially what's going on (laughs) and jumping in when we can. So yeah, childhood was pretty cool. We had um, lots of adventures as kids, obviously on the farm, lots of outdoor time. And um, I'm not sure if this is kind of like a trauma block where I haven't really my brain isn't really letting me um, experience or remember some of the bad things that happened in my childhood. But um, from my knowledge right now, it seemed pretty fun. And I know as I was heading into those older childhood years, I really kind of dreaded growing up because I just really valued the innocence and the playfulness and Um, I guess the freedom of being such a young kid and even from that age I really sensed that those characteristics and those fun times might not be translated into my older years so I was actually really scared about growing up. Um, I went through a bit of a hard time in the later years of my childhood um, with my mum. She really struggled with her mental health Um, due to issues in her relationship and um, that took a massive toll on our family and also like seriously on her as well Um, obviously having a mental health crisis in a family or just in any like experience is um, yeah it's really challenging for a lot of parties and we were all just kind of trying to support mum as best as we could obviously I was probably only what 10 so there wasn't too much as a 10 year old that I really could understand or grasp and it felt really out of control um there's a period of time where I wasn't able to live at home and mum wasn't at home either um and yeah just lots of emotions coming from my mum and my dad um which as a kid were really scary really really scary and um 
obviously as a kid you're not really exposed to too much negative emotion at least I wasn't um and seeing my mom and my dad and my family members seriously grieve over what was going on um and me just trying to get through primary school um it was it was really hard and I really turned to like technology to kind of distract myself and you know like it was I used to play this game I'm not sure if anyone can relate Dragon Vale yeah if you if you know what it is you know what it is and it honestly it wouldn't have mattered what game it was but like I used to play that a lot just to try and escape my reality because um I just needed a device to get away and I was kind of surrounded by this like all of these adults in my life seriously grieving about what was going on and feeling so out of control and there was no more play anymore it was straight into those really heavy deep emotions and so that was a massive part of my childhood um, especially the younger years um, working through that and I guess I didn't really deal with it too much um, like the internal work until I was probably in my later teens but um heading into my teenage years like the early ones moving into high school it was um I changed schools and I moved away from Hannah and Josie which were my which were my best friends and in this new school environment I felt like a fish out of water um I remember showing up to school on the first day and I was a pretty nerdy kid like I used to wear glasses and I didn't really know the in cool thing of like all these girls like literally in grade seven hiked their skirts up so much and I didn't know that that was a cool thing so my skirt was like literally down to my ankles um where the mum just got it as a long skirt because she didn't want to um have to buy new uniforms every six months because I was growing like I don't know (laughs) so fast um but entering into that new schooling environment was really challenging for me and it felt very clicky and I really struggled with having I guess a lot of girls in that kind of age bracket it's really hard to engage in those friendships without them being very competitive especially with us now kind of being interested in boys and you know there was the now pressure on like being good at school because you know we're in high school and we were supposed to you know start caring about that a little bit more and I started to get really codependent on my friendships and I had friendships outside of school and in school and um yeah I just started like literally attaching my whole worth and value in those friendships um we used to hang out all the time and you know I I didn't even really know who I was and I think a lot of people um in that age bracket of like just heading into their teens probably feel that as well where oh like look I couldn't even tell you one sentence about myself I'd be like yeah I go to this school I'm friends with these people and that's about it like I didn't really know who I was and I was just kind of going with the flow and trying to make things up um but I changed schools um in my eighth year um so I headed over to an all-girls Catholic school which was beautiful and difficult all in the same boat um I made a lot of really nice connections there and you know overall it was a pretty good experience I didn't necessarily like school too much but um I did reasonably well um and 
yeah, I mean, I got through, I guess. Um, in high school, I really started to, I guess, reveal to myself that I had lots of people-pleasing tendencies and I really put a lot of pressure on myself to perform well in school. And um, I, yeah, I didn't really have too much pressure from my family to be amazing in school. They really just wanted me to do my best. And I'm really grateful that I didn't have that pressure because I think I put enough pressure on myself to do well um and I didn't really need any extra stress on me in that sense um I was a pretty active kid as well I think in about grade seven I started going to the gym with mum and it was it was fun I was kind of guessing I look on those videos now and it's kind of embarrassing but look it's it's all a learning experience and I was really happy that I was such an active kid I did lots of netball in school swimming and I did touch sometimes as well. I was pretty good at cross country and went to like districts and stuff with that, which was kind of cool. Um, So yeah, I did all that kind of stuff. I was not really too involved in the co-curricular activities in school. I just kind of wanted to get in there, get out of there, do my schoolwork and go to the gym and yeah, just kind of chill out a bit. I was, I felt always like I was running out of time, a lot like I was running out of time but um in grade uh, I think it would have been 10 my family started to have a bit of a breakdown and my parents actually got divorced um this was like a massive hit for me I grew up in a in a really Christian household and in a really Christian family and obviously in that kind of religion the I guess sacredness I think that's how you say it like marriage is really sacred there and the idea that that could fall apart and take away my stability that I really relied on was really challenging for me and it made me question everything that I'd grown up with because I was like how you literally preach that finding someone who you love and that like you know love never fails we literally would sing that all the time in um like uh sorry like religion school what was that uh you know what I'm trying to get at like um when you're in, in church and you're singing in a whole bunch of kids like a choir we used to sing that all the time love never fails never gives up never gives out on me and it's just kind of it really rocked my world because I was like oh is God even real like what how can this actually happen like you guys are supposed to love each other I don't even know none of my friends were um had parents who had broken up either so I was kind of like what this doesn't happen why are you doing this and I was really mad and I threw a lot of tantrums because I had all of this emotion inside of me that was so disappointed and so stressed out and feeling so unsafe in everything that I believed in everything that I grew up with um that I was just like taking it out on my mom and my dad and um I think I probably hurt them a little bit I definitely I I just didn't know how to project or use that energy and emotion that was inside of me and yeah so whilst that was kind of going I guess through um the courts and whatnot I was working out how I was going to finish off my high school career and be split between two homes because splitting between two homes is a big deal especially for a kid and then going into year 11 and 12 doing that 
really like the pressure was on and I was just feeling so unsafe and so unstable nothing was going right I was like what is going on and I started to pick up a little bit more exercise um, to try and avoid being at home a lot I, I really didn't want to be at home so I'd go to the gym after school I'd stay there for a couple hours and then I'd you know go to home like I'd go home and I'd lock my door and I'd work on my schoolwork and everyone just kind of assumed oh she's so dedicated she has so many healthy habits she's really got her life together she's so determined and in actual fact I was really determined and that's a massive quality in me but um it wasn't necessarily coming from a good place because it was coming from a place of unsafety and instability and having to kind of scrape together like feeling so desperate that I need to scrape together all of these kind of perfectionistic tendencies in order to survive and I guess this is kind of where my eating disorder habits started um where it was like I feel like I had heard a lot about diet culture and over exercise and kind of eating disorders in the past and it was pressured on me to not have one which was um yeah obviously no one wishes an eating disorder on someone and if they do they really need to like get themselves checked but you would never want that for someone especially if you've been through you'd never wish that on your worst enemy um but the kind of pressure to not go through one um because you'd hurt your family and your friends oh my gosh that really hurt me um yeah I felt um especially because I'd already had some of these voices and these tendencies starting to build up and I didn't have the emotional um maturity to be able to deal with them in a healthy way so they just manifested and I could feel them spiraling out of control but I didn't know how to ask for help and I didn't know actually I didn't actually know that it was an eating disorder I just thought this is you know this is just how people grow up this is just what happens and you know if if it was like in my head I was like if it was an ED you know like I would be able to tell someone someone would notice and like I would be able to tell them and they'd believe me and all that but I didn't recognize those habits and those traits and those thinking patterns as an ED so I just kind of continued and I was working out a lot and my I was vegan at this time so I was in that vegan mindset and I initially I did veganism and vegetarian for a really good thing and it was all about me feeling so passionate about the safety and kind of just like yeah safety of the planet and I was really feeling lots of empathy towards all of the animals who were being hurt and I didn't really agree with the um patterns that were being used or sorry the practices that were being used um to I guess harvest meat so I was like yeah nah I won't be a part of it that is kind of my teenage I guess story where I kind of start that's kind of like from grade seven until probably a grade 10 um in grade 12 though I had a beautiful kind of addition to my life um I had my first love and he was 
amazing um actually like it was so it was exactly how I wanted my first love to go actually um he was a gentleman and he I don't I felt I was so deeply in love with him and you know we would spend every single day or not every single day but we'd try and spend as much as we could um time wise with each other he was also into the gym so we were kind of training a bit together we'd go and do mountains and yeah we had so much fun together and I would not take back the memories that I made with him with like for anything in the world yeah I am so grateful that he was part of my life um he also was there through the lead up and part of the recovery process during my eating disorder um but yeah I guess we'll get to that in a little bit towards the end of grade 12 I obviously had been going through a fair bit with my parents divorce and there was actually um a I guess court order for domestic violence in there as well um obviously I was not really in the sound mind to be able to recognize what was going on too much just because you know I was still being a kid um I was in my first love and oh no that wasn't yet no this was before my first love and um I was yeah just trying to knuckle down and hustle through high school you know as every kid kind of does um, if they are feeling that pressure to do well from themselves or from external sources and um, when that domestic violence order was being kind of I guess experienced I decided to leave home I did not feel that it was safe for me to be at home because um it would be me picking a side between my mum and my dad and as someone who loved their mum and their dad so equally I honest I just couldn't do it and it wasn't it was not safe for me to go to either one and so I decided to leave and I packed up all my stuff in my car well as much stuff as I could in like 10 minutes and I just drove me and my little Ford Fiesta we just drove and um I landed up at my friend's house from high school and I stayed there for a little bit but I, I was essentially living out of my car um, kind of in my last few weeks of year 12 um, in our big exam block and that was really challenging. It was really hard to not have that stability of oh yeah I'll go home. I didn't really um like I didn't have a good food source as well because I was having to you know store things in my car so I couldn't really you know it was anything that didn't need to be refrigerated um or kept cool and yeah I I uh really struggled to maintain my happiness in that time I really struggled with some of those like harder subjects like maths and stuff and the pressure from that and just external um forces obviously from my family oh it that was a really rough time for me and um it's taken me a long time to be able to recover from that and 
because I had so much emotional turmoil built up inside of me I actually started to break out in my face and under my arms with what I think was like a psoriasis rosacea kind of rash it was like red and bumpy and the one under my arms especially it would like get really moist and then it would get really dry and cracky so I wouldn't really be able to like put my arms down so that my like elbows would touch my torso it kind of have to walk around like you know airing out the armpits and like same thing under my eyes it would like go from my eyes all the way down my chin and um or like essentially all over my face and it was pretty humiliating and anyone who has you know dealt with kind of acne or markings on their face that makes them feel really insecure oh geez it's so hard it's so hard to show up and try and act happy and like everything's okay when you just feel so insecure about it um especially in a society that is pretty much based on how you look um and when you're a teenager especially um not you know showing up as kind of that cool girl teenager vibe and instead showing up as someone who you know living out of their car and has a whole bunch of red rashes on their face yeah it didn't feel the like it didn't feel like I was living up to that perfectionistic person that I so desired to be so (laughs) after year 12 my boyfriend and I we went on a trip to Byron Bay and it was lovely that was my schoolies trip and then I was working when I got back all the way until I got early entry into university I was studying a bachelor of exercise and nutrition and I started you know started off pretty strong with that it was a long commute into uni but you know I was like this is just what we do um and I guess I was kind of like okay this is my chance this is my time now like school can't really keep me down Um, I'm gonna work I'm gonna do uni I can fully create the life that I really want now and so I tried and I took it way 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 too far I um, started working out obsessively and having a lot of restrictions through my nutrition and I ended up in hospital um with an ng tube through my nose um and needing to be monitored really really heavily like i couldn't even walk to the bathroom i had to be wheelchaired to the bathroom um i wasn't allowed out of my bed um and i was i felt so trapped and so dehumanized um because they were just trying to keep me alive when I was in the worst depression and the worst anxiety and the worst I guess headspace and I was like just let me go (laughs) just yeah I I was like I you don't understand this you've taken away working out or like exercise which was kind of my saving grace for the last few months and I remember showing up to the hospital and my heart rate was 25 beats per minute and severely just like you know I was not with it I was not in a place to think of anything other than survival and the nurse said to me oh this will be good you'll be trapped in here for a few weeks and you'll be able to work on your uni (laughs) I had to laugh because I was like mate I literally 
just tried to like end it all and you are saying this is a really good opportunity to do uni and it was honestly comical and I think about that to this day and the lack of kind of empathy that was displayed throughout that whole hospital experience which honestly felt more traumatizing than the actual eating disorder and the thoughts that it gave me um yeah it, it was not a fun time i and it, it honestly that experience was the main motivating factor for me not to get back there um everything that i did in my recovery was with the thought like with the intention behind it do this so that you don't have to go back to hospital do this so that you don't have to get an ng tube back it was um yeah that was a really rough time as well and so yeah obviously I dropped out of uni and I spent the rest of 2020 yeah 2020 yeah oh was it 2021 one of those years um in uh, 2021 yeah I spent the rest of 2021 recovering from my ED so I wasn't able to go back to work I wasn't able to um go to the gym at all I was pretty much on bed rest for a lot of the time and I started doing my um certifications to become a personal trainer because I was like I need something to look forward to if I don't I just feel like I I used to say this all the time like mum you're fattening me fattening me fattening me up like the family pig and even though that was obviously the eating disorder brain talking it was me kind of saying I just feel like all I'm doing is eating and I'm not actually living for anything else other than to just like you know not like not die and so in that period it was really challenging hospital was I don't know I was in this kind of mindset of I just need to get out of here like I can't even have a shower as a like 18 year old I can't have a shower without the whole hospital ward seeing my naked body it was honestly so awful (laughs) and so I was like I need to stay out of here I need to just like get this food in and I was like even though an NG tube was the pits and I hated it with a passion and I still do um I was like get it in me because I just need to get out of here but when I went home things changed a lot and I realized that I had a little bit more freedom and I wasn't stuck in my bed and I could you know have a shower in privacy and I was able to drink water and so I was yeah I really threw fits all the time well I I, my ED triggered a lot of the fits that I threw and it was a really hard time for my mum and Bruce um to I guess continue on with their lives and their mental health journeys whilst also caring for someone who had such high knees needs and that's why in my last on my episode about jugs cups and boundaries I mentioned that I was a cup during that phase and I really required other jugs around me to support the jug of my mental health because that's what it was fighting my eating disorder has been the hardest thing that I've ever had to do and I don't think that I would have been able to do it from the place and capacity that I had. Um, Sorry, I wouldn't be able to recover with the capacity that I had if it wasn't for the people around me like Bruce and mum to support me. So 
getting through that was a really hard time and I recovered a lot for my relationship as well I recovered to be able to you know go out on dates with him without needing to be home in time for morning tea so that mum could supervise me eat and I you know wanted to like have fun move fun movie nights with him and stay over and you know be able to go on holidays so I recovered a lot for our relationship and I used to you know have my meals in front of me which would just you know the scariest most terrifying things to you know have to eat but um I used to sit there and every mouthful I'd be like I'm doing this for him I'm doing this for him and looking back on it I wish I did it for myself rather than for him but I loved him so dearly and I wanted him to have the most beautiful life and I wanted to be a part of his most beautiful life as well so I just continued in my recovery for that reason um we did break up a few months into my recovery um which was really yeah that was really sad too obviously breaking up with your first love usually is a massive trauma for some people and because I'd been you know going through such an already traumatic time it kind of wasn't really being processed and I was kind of like you know what that is just like so small on my radar at the moment because I'm fighting to survive like (laughs) there's like I miss him so dearly but I'm just trying to survive here and in the state that we were in it just wasn't helping so I decided to break up with him and continue on in my recovery journey and I actually got to a point where I started to go in the opposite direction of my anorexic state and I started introducing bulimia into my recovery as my coping mechanism which I say that as such a positive thing but it was really quite awful Um, anyone who has experienced bulimia would know that it is a an addiction for sure just like anorexia was for me as well it was really hard to adjust to the new amounts of food that I was consuming and the body image um kind of the negative body body image that came along with it um the like sense of I felt like I lost myself because I placed so much worth and identity in the uh, I guess practices the amount of exercise that I was doing I placed a lot of it in my eating disorder and the body that came from that even though it was not healthy I I still had that kind of rose-colored glasses on where I didn't actually see what was going on I remember even like before like when they were taking me to the hospital they were like oh yeah you have anorexia nervosa and I was like you're joking you're like seriously you're joking and so in this recovery phase I decided a lot of times you know I had those relapses where I was like nah that's it I'm going back like I can't do this it's like this is the only thing that I can have to survive I can't process I can't deal with the amount of emotional baggage that I'm carrying around right now I have to block it with this addiction of you know it was anorexia but then it turned into bulimia and so working through that has been something that even like up to this day I'm still you know working through I've made such amazing progress in the last few months um 
that's after moving up to the Sunshine Coast. So earlier this year, I decided that I wanted to um, become uh, OT or study to become an OT um, up at the Sunshine Coast, which is just it's a dream honestly um I love living on the sunshine coast and even though I miss my family all the time um it's only like a little short drive down to see them so um yeah moved to the sunny coast up here I moved in with a couple of friends which didn't end up working out that well at all but I found a new home which has just been a dream Lucy and Cass have been just amazing amazing people to live with and I'm so grateful to have being able to live in a home with them they make me feel so seen and so heard and we just have fun girl times together but um working through uni sorry get getting into uni was all right but actually participating and um getting into that uni space again was really hard for me um being in uh sorry when I was in high school like education and studying was quite easy I found it all right you know get home and do hours of study and I felt really motivated to do it I saw the purpose in it and you know I was quite good at it and I was able to you know knuckle down and do it but university was a really different story I felt like a fish out of water I was like I feel like I've never written an essay in my life and I really struggled with like keeping up with the workload the subjects even just like the canvas was confusing and so like I'm only in my I just finished my second semester now so I yeah this year was really hard university wise and I definitely didn't do as well as I thought I would have done but um they always say the first year is kind of the hardest so I'm just gonna take that and use it um but also when I moved up here I got a job in a gym obviously with that PT cert in there I was just doing group fitness and I really enjoyed the work to begin with and I thought it was a lot of fun and I loved the friends that I met there I met Lauren there which was so cool and I yeah just really enjoyed meeting people I made so many connections the training was kind of cool as well and I loved the early mornings and then I started to take on a lot more responsibility in the gym I became manager and working full-time and doing uni full-time is really challenging and for anyone oh and also living out of home and doing all that kind of stuff and I know people have more workload than that on a general basis but for me also trying to work on healing my relationship with exercise and nutrition and my mental health it was really hard it was really hard and I really struggled with just keeping above water I my uni was slipping I was like four weeks behind I felt like I wasn't able to keep up with the workload and the expectations of being in that gym environment I was starting to binge a lot and obviously that bulimia came back kind of in that full force Um, I was trying to keep up with those um, habits of like journaling but in all honesty that was kind of wasting my time because all I was journaling about was what I needed to do the next day rather than how I was feeling and so yeah working through that was pretty tough I had a bit of a relationship fallout with like a few of like people in my few of the people in my life and I I just felt really lost I felt so alone um, and so I decided to step back and just become a coach again 
Um, I also had to drop down to part-time uni. I just decided I needed to get that stuff out of my life and kind of just simplify it a lot. Um, Try not to give into that overworking capitalistic mentality. And, you know, it wasn't working for me. Something had to change or else I was on the verge of complete burnout. So I started also going to therapy with the most amazing therapist I have ever met in my life she has changed my life so much and well helped me change my life so much and has given me so much space to be able to express how I feel and then really helped me live in alignment with how I want to show up in the world and I could I so want to interview her on the podcast one day if she'll let me um she is so wise and she is so kind and I love her funky outfits so much um she's probably listening to this as well um but I just want to put in a little note here if you are thinking about engaging in therapy please do it you will once you find the right therapist and it might take you a few it took me about 10 if once you find the right therapist it feels like a breath of fresh fresh air it feels like a weight is lifted off your shoulders it just feels like you can finally breathe so I really encourage you if you were kind of relating to any of the um, experiences that I'm talking about in this podcast whether that is mental health whether that is stress whether that is eating disorders um, whether that is just feeling really out of your depth and incompetent please reach out and find someone who you can talk to Um, I don't think that I would be making this podcast or I would be in the position that I am in if it wasn't for my beautiful therapist so just I thought I'd put that in there as kind of a little I guess motivating factor to help you if you needed that little extra push so yeah we're overworking a little bit and I'm really struggling with my body image as well obviously being a coach the uniform isn't kind of I'm feeling conscious about my body today appropriate it is kind of you know bike shorts or like tight pants and then like a tight top so I was really struggling with that and so my family decided we go away to Hawaii which was I really hope I pronounced that right I know that it's butchered a lot of the time I really apologize if I did pronounce that wrong but essentially we went over there for a family vacation which I was so grateful to go over um, there and experience the beauty and the nature that is there and I really just took it as kind of like a I don't care about anything else I'm not doing uni I'm not doing work I'm not doing self-development I'm literally just laying by the pool laying in the ocean and maybe doing a surf lesson here or there that is essentially what happened I just ate and I just kind of laid on the beach I did a little bit of movement here and there but apart from that it was a really just relaxing rejuvenating holiday and I also had my first surf lesson there which was amazing and ignited my passion for surfing and then that's what kind of led to the surf retreat that I just went on that I've talked about a few times in this podcast um but yeah getting back from that I dropped down from being manager and actually decided to move gyms um to a different workplace which has been 
the best decision that I have made this year. Oh my goodness. The team there are just so caring and they are so kind. And it really made me realize that I could be doing the exact same job as I am in this toxic environment. But if the environment changes and becomes more positive and more vulnerable and more connected and more loving and open and friendly then it just makes my life so much easier it is you like you know it's kind of that saying where it doesn't matter what you're doing it matters who you are there with and it's so true it's so true if you can find your work colleagues who are you know match your vibe oh my gosh, it changes the dynamic of it. It doesn't really become work anymore. It just becomes somewhere you go to like kind of hang out with your friends. And then for me, it's coaching. But for you, it could be like making coffee or, you know, being a lawyer. I don't know what you're doing, but yeah. Um, Essentially, now I'm at a place where I created this podcast because it has been weighing on my heart for so long and I am implementing my healthy practices. I'm still going to therapy. My relationship my relationship with exercise has improved a fair bit. Um, I now have a little bit of balance in there. My work-life balance is a lot better. I'm having more time to engage with my um, self-love practices. But in, in saying that, you know, last week was actually a really low week for me. I felt really unmotivated. I was really struggling with the exercise component of it. I was really struggling with intrusive thoughts and just like overall helplessness and hopelessness, um, especially heading into the holiday season. This is a really hard time for me. Obviously, I have kind of split family and I don't really engage with my dad at all anymore. So that's kind of a tough spot for me. But yeah, I I don't know. I think this is pretty much where I'm at at the moment. Um, I am excited for the future, which is something that if you asked me this time last year, I don't, I don't think I would have said the same. In fact, I think I would have said waking up tomorrow would be the pits, would be an absolute drag and I don't want to do it. So if you were in that kind of same place, I know you hear this probably all the time. Hang on, you know, it gets better. Um, it doesn't get better. You get better you know, life will always throw things at you and it will always, you know, you'll, there will always be mental health struggles. There will always be days where you feel low, but you get more resilient. You get stronger. You learn how to deal with it in your own way. You learn your own coping strategies and which ones are healthy and which ones are toxic. You learn how to surround yourself with people who support you. You learn how to find a job that lights you up and doesn't drain you. You learn what are your energy givers and what are your energy takers. It doesn't get better. You get better. And you have the power and opportunity to create this life that you really desire. And, you know, I said this in the meditation this morning at work. I said, it doesn't really matter what you achieve. It, it matters how you are feeling whilst you are achieving it. And I think that is so important because I achieved a full-time position at the beginning of this year. I was doing uni as well and I moved out of home, yet I was not feeling happy. In fact, I was really, really low. And, you know, it didn't matter about those things because I had such poor mental health now you know what I'm in probably the exact same position except you know 
I'm doing part-time uni and my workload is reduced, but I am happier than I have been because I'm putting in, I'm prioritizing the habits and the things in my life that make me feel good, that really prioritize my dreams and my passions and how I want my future to look. And if that is any help to you guys, I hope that you have found a little bit of, I guess, safety in this, that you have um, found a little bit of hope that maybe if you're going through a hard time or you're resonating with any of the experiences that I have just talked about, that you're able to one, get help, two, you're able to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, and three, that maybe you feel a little bit more confident in your ability to create a life for yourself and one that you are happy with that you're excited to wake up to and yeah thank you so much guys and listen to my fun little outro on the way out um bye guys thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today and listening all the way up until this point if you enjoyed this episode i'd really appreciate it if you left me a review on apple Podcasts and spotify or if you'd like to share the message of connection and vulnerability a little bit further passing on this podcast to someone you love is a great idea as well If you have any questions for me or would like to connect with my projects further, please join me and a bunch of like-minded, beautiful people over on Instagram at How's Your Heart Pod. Apart from that, guys, thank you so much again, and I'll chat to you again soon for your next bi-weekly episode. Bye.